Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is The World in 10. I'm Toby Gillis, and we start with some breaking news that even the Times of London is yet to report. And that's that apparently you can still catch COVID in mid-2023, because unfortunately my co-host Laura Cook has contracted it, despite it being uh, so last year. So can I start, Laura, by wishing you a quick recovery? (laughs) Thanks, Toby. That's enough about me, though. We've got a lot to cover today because almost six weeks after a plane crash in Colombia, four children are found alive fending for themselves in the jungle. And we update you on the murky world of politics in both the US and the UK. And how filmmaker Wes Anderson feels about being a social media sensation as his latest film premieres in Cannes. We start today in the Amazon jungle. Six weeks ago, the scene of a plane crash. The pilot radioed about engine failure moments before it disappeared from radar. Two weeks later, the wreckage was found hanging in the forest with three adult bodies inside. But there was no sign of the children travelling with them. A massive search dubbed Operation Hope began gripping Colombia as evidence emerged that the children could be alive. Now, it involved hundreds of hours of rescue planes flying overhead and dropping food baskets in the hope that the four children, all siblings ranging from 13 to just 12 months old, would find them. And then yesterday, 40 days on, and just as whispers began that they might scale the search back, the children are found alive in deep Amazon jungle. The Times Latin America correspondent Steve Gibbs explains how. The eldest child, Leslie, a girl of 13, really was the hero. It was an amazing story of survival, a girl of just extraordinary resources. Uh, It was her, it seems, who, who helped set up these little camps where the children sheltered. It's torrential rain in that area and, you know, help them find food. There are videos showing the moment the grandfather of the miraculous survivors heard they were alive. He jumps into the arms of his wife at the time, and then Fidencio Valencia gives an interview to the assembled media. Here he says, we are happy because this situation didn't let us sleep, didn't let us be happy, we couldn't talk. For us, he says, this situation was like being in the dark. We walked for the sake of walking, living for the sake of living, because, he says, the hope of finding them kept us alive. When we found the children, he says, we felt joy. We don't know what to do, but we are grateful to God. Now, the country's president was gushing, and why not? 
Together, he says here, the military forces and indigenous communities that helped with the search efforts found the children 40 days after the plane crash. He goes on to say they're an example of survival that will go down in history. Today, those children are the children of peace and the children of Colombia. As if that won't be turned into a movie one day. Now, from a hugely uplifting story to the murky world of politics on both sides of the pond and the fall from Prime Minister to irrelevance in the UK for Boris Johnson and the fight to avoid the same collapse from President for Donald Trump in the US. Yes, let's start with Trump, who we now know is facing 37 felony charges of disclosing top-secret military plans and hoarding classified documents in the shower room of his Florida home. Last night, the Department of Justice unsealed an indictment that detailed allegations relating to hundreds of these documents and the 45th president of the US will formally be charged in a Miami federal court on Tuesday. Anthony Scaramucci was famously communications secretary to the former president for 10 whole days in July 2017 and he told Times Radio even this news won't damage Trump's campaign to become Republican candidate for the presidency. What's troubling to me is the elected Republican officials that are siding with Trump without reading the indictment. You know, they, they've been told by their political consultants, don't be mean to Trump because if he falls out of the race or comes somehow gets indicted, you need his base to secure your continued re-election status or to potentially get the presidential nomination. So they're all scrambling to try to say good things about him. But this is a very damning case, and it's just another example of why he should never be president again. If Trump may yet return, in the UK, one man who we're now fairly sure won't be back in an official capacity at least is Boris Johnson, who's gone from prime minister as recently as last September to leaving politics entirely, unceremoniously, just nine months later. He's quit as a member of Parliament altogether, many would say in disgrace. But he claims he was unfairly driven out by a committee investigating his conduct in office. So Boris Johnson was accused of breaking his own Covid lockdown rules and then deliberately lying to Parliament about it, which is a sackable offence. And it seems he got wind of the report due into this and basically jumped before he was pushed. That's right. He's called the Privileges Committee a kangaroo court, which he says was determined to drive him out of Parliament. But the Sunday Times chief political commentator Tim Shipman says his exit won't stop Mr Johnson having an impact on British or indeed global politics. It was perfectly evident when he was Prime Minister that he didn't always do so by doing things. How he's always made an impact on British politics is by saying things. And I think there's zero prospect that we're not going to hear quite a great deal from Boris Johnson in the days and weeks ahead. We'll find out just how bad the Privileges Committee feels Boris Johnson's behaviour was when it publishes its findings next week. This next story sounds like the latest Hollywood blockbuster, but it's actually about the extraordinary depths, literally, that China is plumbing in the hunt for oil and gas. Now, the Times science editor Tom Whipple has written about how they're digging a hole to the centre of the earth, on the off chance they can find both there. They also claim it'll give us more information about the internal structure of the earth. Listen to these facts. When the hole is the depth of the height of the Empire State Building... It'll still only be 4% of the total depth. When it's as far below the Earth's surface as Everest is above it, it'll still have 
well over a mile to go. In the article online, there are some impressive graphics showing the stats on this drill, and one's titled A Massive Bore. But if you're fans of films like Journey to the Centre of the Earth or The Core, like I am, you'll definitely find it fascinating. Chinese state media says the borehole will hopefully be completed in a little over a year. Just don't fall down it. to be so famous that you inspire people to take to TikTok to memorise your achievements. Well, yes, I suppose I have made that word up, but filmmaker Wes Anderson tells Kevin Mayer in today's Times that he wishes people wouldn't send me memes of people doing me. His new movie, Asteroid City, is premiering at Cannes and is getting near unanimous adoration. A six-and-a-half-minute standing ovation, no less. You'll know the seven-time Oscar-nominated writer-director, of course, for the Royal Tenenbaums, the Grand Budapest Hotel and Moonrise Kingdom. But this film is being dubbed his funniest and most heartfelt yet. His filmmaking style is now being endlessly memed on social media. The hashtag Wes Anderson features homemade clips of trips to the laundrette all weekends in Brighton and it's racking up more than a billion views on TikTok. But Anderson tells Kevin Mayer, I don't want to see too much of someone else thinking about what I try to be because God knows I could then start doing it. Remember, if you enjoyed the journalism in this podcast, you can take out a subscription at thetimes.co.uk. And we really want to highlight a couple of things you'll get if you head there now, starting with a piece you'll hear more of on tomorrow's World in 10. This is Ed Conway's story on a very changing world in the Sunday Times magazine, discussing how if the 20th century saw oil-rich states boom, he predicts the West desire for cleaner energy and battery power will alter all that over the next 80 years or so. The 21st century is going to potentially be defined by our relationship with places that have the lithium, also the copper, also the nickel, all of these minerals that you just need if you're going to make the batteries, the electric cars, the gadgets and the gizmos that we're going to need if we are going to get to net zero. Also, in sport, there's a great Tom Allnut piece asking whether the best footballer ever, Lionel Messi's decision to move to Inter-Miami rather than take the mega cash on offer from Saudi Arabia changes the balance of power in non-European football. An unmissable read, as we hope The World in 10 is an unmissable listen every day. Very smooth, yeah. If so, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition. Bye for now. Listener.